Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three stakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome back to Saddle Up with Shad and Destin. This time, no Shad, everybody. Shad's feeling a little under the weather, so he's taking the day off before we head out to Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl next week, where me and Shad are going to do a live show of Saddle Up with Shad and Destin from Mobile. Um, never been in the same room with Rashad and we're going to get to do one in mobile for you guys. So we're super excited for that. But Shad is just so excited that he had to take this one off, um, just to prepare for that one. But do not worry. You do not have to listen to me alone for 40 minutes. I reached out, got some reinforcements, um, and we brought on Landon Oliver. Landon, how are you doing today, man? <laughs> doing good. Uh, to some some big shoes to fill, of course, with Shad being out. So, uh, shout out to my guy. I'm gonna do my best here for you, and uh, we'll we'll see how this goes. But I, I'm excited for sure to hop on here with you. Appreciate the invitation, and also, as you know, I'll be in Mobile with you guys next week as well. So, uh, a lot of good times to be had down there. A lot of fun. Super excited. I just learned too a, a live Shad and Destin saddle up show. I, like it's broke it here. Man. Yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. I'm, I'm high. No, first, you got to know first. I mean, this isn't yeah. even out yet. Congratulations. Yeah, hey, uh, count me in. I'm excited. But if you guys do not know Landon Oliver, Landon Oliver does some great work for the Blue Stable as well as the Three Man Rush podcast. So make sure you guys are looking him up there. His at on Twitter is at Landon3MR. So make sure you're looking for it on Twitter. Give him a follow at all those spots. Um, Colts world. I mean, the head coaching search is, is on. We, we finally get to get a little bit condensed. Um, I don't know if seven is a number that I want to say is a condensed number. Um, I don't know how many teams take seven into round two. Um, but I mean, I guess we will not be able to say at the end of this, the Colts were not thorough, but the Colts interviewed in the end, 13 first round candidates. Um, and they will be moving on to round two with the, uh, idea of getting down to seven. Um, we already have four confirmed second rounders. I don't want to call them finalists. Who knows what they're going to do? Um, going from seven to one sounds, uh, crazy. So if I had to guess, we're going to get a third breakdown. So I'm going to call it second round, um, candidates but right now we have evero the defensive coordinator for the denver broncos moving on to round two we have morris the defensive coordinator from the rams moving on to round two we have dan quinn the defensive coordinator for the dallas cowboys the recent um eliminated dallas cowboys moving on to round two um there's someone else um i believe it was oh yeah it was the interim head coach jeff saturday of the indianapolis colts also moving on to round two four confirmed um candidates moving on to round two with the idea of three more um landon what were your initial thoughts 
when these names started coming out and even that number seven um, being in the round two. <laughs> well, well, the seven, I think you put it pretty well. It's, it's very rare to have that many candidates move in to your elimination round. But when you think about it, they basically eliminated half of the first round. So I mean, they, they're, they're on the right track. Um, the four that were announced, it was kind of like, you ever, uh, you ever watch Tim, the tool man, Taylor, you ever watch home improvement and he of makes course. noise. Yeah. Like he makes the grunts. And so it was just kind of like, eh, 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 eh. like, uh, you know, like there's a lot of grunts. Um, I'm sure you could figure out which one was which in that. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's not hard to figure out, but not a Dan um, Quinn guy, are you? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't. I don't dislike Dan Quinn at all. I, I think um, there's there's always this misconception with a lot of these guys, especially with like Morris and Quinn and some of the other guys that uh, you know, since they didn't particularly perform fantastically, which I mean, Dan Quinn coached the team to the Super Bowl, so I don't know how much you know what your measure of success is. That's pretty successful to me, but. Um, that that they can't be successful again and when you look at so many of the head coaches in the league a lot of them are you know has been fired or let go from their previous job then they they get a new job Andy Reid Bill Belichick Pete Carroll you know that these guys failed multiple times you know in their first stop and now look at them I don't think anybody would would sit here and say like I don't, don't give me that guy because he was fired from his previous job so much like players, coaches can also learn. They can also improve. They can also crazy, crazy yeah, evolve. It, I know, right? So, um, you know, I, I don't dislike Dan Quinn. I think he he would be a really good option, strong option. Evero is a guy that I really am high on. I, I really like. Uh, he was one of like my top like three candidates whenever they were initially announced, and then of course my favorite candidate. No surprise, I'm kind of on the fence, you know, with with you and Shad on this one. But you know, Raheem Morris, I, like if he lands the job, I'm doing backflips. And then, obviously, we've got you know he who must not be named uh, on Colts Twitter right now. But uh, yeah, Jeff Saturday, he you know got his way in, and I think this was always the plan was for him to interview with Jim Irsay, and I know we've talked about it, if, you know, off air as well. And so yeah, it's a it's a good group. I'm excited to see some of the other guys next week, you know, because I'm assuming these are coordinators that are still coaching in the playoffs that they're waiting for uh, to get in next week for interviews as well. So a lot of guys that really like in that group too. Well, what was your thoughts on so like three defensive guys moving on to round two right now? Um, three defensive guys, uh, Jeff Saturday. I don't know what we want to call him right now. Um, uh, <laughs> like defensive, <laughs> offensive, nothing. Uh, well, I mean, he, I mean su- supposedly he's thought of himself as an offensive guy because that's the position he played and he had to fair. know the offense. So he said whenever he was initially hired in that press conference that he would be more hands-on with the offense. So I guess you could consider him an offensive guy if you wanted to. Hey, um, whatever he wants to call himself. Three yeah. three defensive guys and Jeff Saturday. I feel like the way the league has moved, you we've seen a move away from the defensive-minded head coach. There's still some, and there's still going to continually be guys who are hired. But for the most part, especially if you're going to go that young quarterback route, offensive guys are usually going to get those jobs. Now, I say this, but if you look around the the way that these other five jobs are going to turn out, I mean, 
like Houston. To me, it's a two-man race in Houston. It looks like it's a Jonathan Gannon or D'Amico Ryans is going to get the job there. So you would imagine a defensive guy is going to get the job in Houston. Um, in Denver, it looks like a Dan Quinn, D'Amico Ryans, maybe Sean Payton gets resurrected there. But that's two out of the three most likely guys there are defensive. Um, Carolina looks like it's going to go offensive. They interviewed offensive coordinators and their interim and in, in Steve Wilkes. So it, it feels like Carolina is going to go offensive. And then I don't even know how to guess where Arizona's gone. But Arizona's gone a lot of defensive guys. Like I feel like if you look at the odds for Arizona, I feel like – we, we we have Flores, we have Quinn. Um, I think Frank Reich's interviewing is interviewed there as well. Obviously, so a lot of defensive guys seem like they could be getting jobs this cycle. Of the five open jobs, I bet at least three of them are defensive guys. Yeah, I, I agree. And like you kind of see, as we know, like the NFL goes in cycles. So like you know, right now we had the great offensive explosion, but now teams are kind of looking for defensive minded guys who can stop all these great quarter because there's so many of them and there's so many different ways to attack defenses they're hoping hey we've seen guys like dan quinn have success on on that side of the ball stopping these quarterbacks um you know except for brock purdy this last weekend but um i believe dallas had the number two defense you know in the nfl for quite some time D'Amico ryan's with the 49ers obviously we know how great that defense is as well um I mean, there's, you know, Evero is another one. You know, the Denver Broncos, top five defense. They consistently shut down opposing quarterbacks. And, you know, a lot of these teams, their big issue was, especially like in Denver, is their offense couldn't score more than 16, 17 points a game. Um, so, yeah, it seems like we're kind of getting into that new wave of these extremely intelligent, defensive-minded guys who are geared towards stopping these elite quarterbacks. And if you're able to pair those guys with a strong offensive staff and a strong quarterback, you know, whether it's drafted this year or whether it's, you know, going into a situation, maybe a guy like Aaron Rodgers, maybe a guy like Derek Carr, some, you know, possibly, um, I, you know, I think you could have a lot of success. So the, like you said, we have four. We have four of the seven that seem to be moving on to the finalists. Um, I guess the last thing I want to ask before we kind of move over to some fan questions is if if you had to choose who fills those last three spots, um, it is reported that the Colts want to meet with D'Amico Ryans. Um, I don't know if in their head that first interview for him would kind of move him into that seven and that would count. So I don't know if you want to count that. I can go first even just to give you some time because this is on the spot. So for me, I would include D'Amico Ryans because I feel like that's what it seems like is moving. And then we have a lot of defensive coordinators moving on to this round. A lot of guys with experience that I like. Um, I think the other two guys are we're going to see a little bit different. And I think um, we'll see Callahan um, from Cincinnati. Um, I think Brian Callahan – from what I heard, had a really good interview, um, really pitched a different mindset than what they think they had. Um, and I think they would, they were very interested to hear more and bring him in person. 
Um, the good thing about it is he did interview in cycle one, so he will be able to interview before he's eliminated technically. Um, after this weekend's, he is allowed to continue in the process, even if he is still playing. Um, so I think Callahan is one. Um, and then I'll go another offensive coordinator in Shane Steichen. Um, I think they see a little bit of familiarity there um, where they feel like the offensive system itself would not be changed that much. Um, it would just be a different type of voice, a different type of leader, and then, and then ultimately a different staff coming in to execute it. Um, in Shane from Philadelphia, who's the offensive coordinator. So again, he interviewed in round one, so he would be able to – enter because he did enter into round one with the Colts as well. So I think that is my seven. I'm assuming yours is pretty close, um, but you might have some shockers. I don't know. No, mine is actually the exact same three, which I know that that report today about Brian Callahan that came out, you know, about him not being extended a, a, you know, invite their interview again with the Colts, but, it's one it's Wednesday. Uh, you know, they could send that out tonight. They could send that out tomorrow. I mean, like it's, it's very early in the week to just kind of draw. And, conclusions. and he can't, he can't speak with them right now anyway. Yeah, exactly. Like so he, they literally um, have to wait until after this, this week's of games before anyone that's still in the. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, I mean, yeah, like the earliest you would even potentially see an interview request would likely be on Monday. Um. So, so yeah, I, I don't, really put too much worry into that. I know we were freaking out about that. And I even was kind of just like, Oh, come on, man. Like you got, you got Jeff Saturday interview and Brian Callahan's not. Uh, we'll, he, we'll see. Saturday's but, going, Saturday went first though. I mean, Saturday, Saturday he, 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 which is good, which is good news, by the way. It, it, that feels like a Ballard decision. That felt like Ballard was like, Ursay, you're in these interviews. Okay. So Saturday, uh, let's just get first, this out of the way. Let's uh, just... We'll do, we'll do him. Number one. But yeah, I agree. When I saw that he was first, that made me feel pretty good about it. Um, Dan Quinn's going to be flying in on Saturday. It looks like the weather in Indianapolis um, kind of pushed some names back further than they probably wanted to. Um, but we're, we're still going to get interviews this week, guys. Jeff Saturday should be getting taken care of. It sounds like Thursday, Thursday, Friday, right? Yeah, yeah, somewhere along those lines. Yeah, Thursday and Thursday slash and, and Friday, think, Saturday should be coming in. Evero should be on that same timeline, it sounds yeah. like. Um, we'll see Dan Quinn here on Saturday. We'll see Raheem Morris here on Sunday. Um, Raheem Morris is going to be able to watch some of these games, it feels like, in Indianapolis, maybe. Good for him. Um, we'll And then, like um, Landon mentioned, we'll probably see some of the guys who are still in the playoffs, whether they are eliminated this weekend or not. We will see some of those other requests go out probably after those games. Um, get Let those guys focus where their minds are at right now in the playoffs, and we'll finish the process. And then also adding in D'Amico Ryans, who they do want to reschedule with. Now, if D'Amico wants wants to reschedule with them that's that is to be seen D'Amico is is has interviewed with both Denver and Houston he is a ex-Houston Texan himself as a player so there's connections there he may just be more interested in those jobs and he may not interview in Indianapolis I don't know what to tell you guys if, if he doesn't but the Colts have interest there um, but we will move on now to fan questions. Um, Landon was telling me how excited he is to 
rip your guys's Twitter ads in these rankings. So I made <laughs> sure to only put in people who have never had a question rated before. So these are all these are going to be three opportunities, three opportunities to rate some ads, Landon. So the first one here is coming from Jack Rizzo. His at is at Finnerty. F-I-N-E-R-T-Y. Finnerty? Finerty? Finnerty, yeah. Finnerty underscore Jack. What is your thoughts on Finnerty underscore Jack? Well, one, I'm not here to rip everybody to shreds. Contrary to the Destin setting me up for that. Uh, I'm actually a pretty lenient, you know, fair guy. As you know, unlike you, I, I believe y'all gave me like a six on my username, and like that's that's pretty harsh. So I'm not gonna do you like you did me. Um, but every time I see the name Finnerty. I always think of Dan Finnerty, and I don't know if you know who that is. Um, if you've ever seen like old school or um, oh, what's the Hangover movies? The Dan Band, you know, the band that sings in the weddings that yes. does all the funny songs and uses the funny language with them. Um, his name is Dan Finnerty, and that's the only other time I've ever seen that last name. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, big Dan Gan, or big Dan Band fan. Let's say that five times fast. Uh, so yeah, at Finnerty underscore Jack. I don't hate it. It's just your name. With I know y'all aren't big on the underscore, but sometimes you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do to to get your name. And uh, I'm gonna give it a solid seven. Solid seven out of ten. Man, Landon's a softy when it comes to grades. Everybody am, uh, handing out sevens with an underscore. Now, like I said, always for me, first name, last name is always going to get a standard six and a half. The underscore is going to get a subtraction. Um, I'm sorry. It, it, it's, it's just the rules here for me. Um, so at Finnerty underscore Jack is going to get a six. Nothing against you. I'm assuming it's your first name, last name. So I don't know why Jack Rizzo is your name on Twitter. But maybe you can explain that to me later. But for now, it's going to get a six. Um, his question, who do you think the decision will come down to? In parentheses, not who do you think will be the next head coach, but if you want to answer that, I guess you can. Okay, so as far as like who does the decision come down to, as far as who's making the decision, or which two candidates um, I think, think it comes down to? I think the question is essentially asking, what do you feel – is going to be the most important and like what is it's coming down to like what do you think is leading to this decision that is ultimately going to be made and if you want to go out on a limb and say who that decision is feel free to do so as well okay uh well first off i think it's you know obviously leadership is going to be the big thing to you know preparation to be able to command a locker room to be able to i guess rally your guys to play inspired football that's kind of always the main thing of a head coach you know to be the ceo over your entire organization you know there's no aspect of an organization that a head coach does not touch so you want to have a guy that's ultra prepared that's very detail oriented that's able to connect with players um i think teaching will be the big thing as well i think they really want to emphasize a teacher um you know, especially with this, you know, young quarterback that's possibly being drafted here in the next few months. I mean, you want to have somebody with a strong teaching background to help mold him into what you think he can be. And 
for me, there's two guys that really knock that out of the park. Um, you hear it thrown around with them constantly, uh, the word teacher, um, and that is Raheem Morris, and that is D'Amico Ryans uh, are, are the two, to me, that jump out and hit every single box that they look for. Um, and then obviously I think you could also throw in uh, Callahan and Steichen in that as well from their ability and what they've done with the quarterbacks that they've worked with. Obviously with Callahan having the Peyton Manning connection, that's going to be music to Jim Ursay's ears. Um, he, he's, he's a sucker for old Peyton Manning. So um, having that endorsement will be big. But look at Steichen. Look at the quarterbacks he's worked with. He's helped develop Justin Herbert. Uh, obviously helped develop Jalen Hurts now. I believe there's another one too that was very successful that he's worked with. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but um, I think that's kind of what they're looking for is they're looking for somebody that not only can hold guys accountable that can, you know, rally your locker room, but a guy that can teach a lot of these younger pieces they have, especially on the offensive and defensive sides of the ball. Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Yeah, so in the NFL so far, um, Steichen has worked with the Chargers and the Eagles. So he worked with Philip Rivers. Yeah, Philip Rivers. That was the other one. And then uh technically we we saw Tyrod Taylor, um, Justin (laughs) Herbert. Um, then we go to his Philadelphia tenure where it is essentially all been Hurts. Um, outside of obviously Hurts has missed a couple games here and there. Um, but that those have been the two young quarterbacks in the NFL have been Herbert and Hurts. Um, so I think a lot of the things you said are as accurate. I think the only thing I'll add just that I think is going to be the most important part is I think 
Uh, Jim Irsay is a dreamer. Jim Irsay is a big vision guy. He wants to see the picture. Um, his dream is to be that organization, the first one to win three straight um, Super Bowls. Like that isn't that's that's there in his brain. That's what he wants. Um, now, I, I think when it's coming to this, I think to get past Ballard, you need to not only have a plan for the future, but you have to have a good grasp of the present. You have to have a good grasp of what you need around you to be successful. I think honesty is going to be big for him. Um, and just being able to say who you want in a staff member to take charge of that situation. I think that was one of the things we lacked in this last staff. And I'm not even an anti Frank Reich guy. I think Frank Reich in the right system can be a successful head coach, but I do believe the staff in place did. He didn't have a lot of pushback. Frank, Frank Reich had a lot of people on staff after Nick Sirianni left that were yes men and did as Frank Reich did. And there was no conflict. There was no butting of heads to kind of like improve in a sense. Um, I don't think they're going to let that happen again. Um, but I ultimately believe that vision aspect is going to be the big part. And if someone is going to get Jim Ursay's brain off Jeff Saturday, um, I think the two that would come to mind are Raheem Morris and Brian Callahan. Um, I think Raheem Morris um, in his first round of interviews, I think one of the things that the Colts liked so much about the interview is he was honest about what he failed at that first time around. Um, he didn't shy away from failing. He explained why he failed. He explained how he's grown from it. And he, he just explained so many routes about it. And that, that was one of the things I've heard that they were so impressed with is how honest he was about the situation, um, honest in what he needs to be able to succeed. And I believe he knows now what that staff around him needs to look like. And for that reason alone, I think Raheem Morris is probably the top of Chris Bauer's list right now. And I think he's going to end as Chris Bauer's top pick. Um, Brian Callahan's an interesting one because a different situation, not as much experience. He hasn't had that failure yet, but I think from what I've heard about Callahan's first interview is he did just paint a picture of not just copycatting what Cincinnati has done. Um, he talked about what has worked in Cincinnati. He's talked about what he thinks could be better and wanting to bring that to a sense to Indianapolis and with his own regime and his own staff. Um, Callahan himself may not have a lot of direct coaching experience in the NFL for very long compared to some of the guys on the staff. Um, obviously his father coached in the NFL for a while. So he's going to have that network and that book of connections to be able to go into as well. Um, I think those two guys are going to be the two that can pitch the future to this team. The best um, I think in a sense, Raheem Morris is going to be the guy that Chris Ballard falls in love with as a, as a hire. Um, I could see Brian Callahan painting a picture that Jim Irsay likes more that may get him off Jeff Saturday more. So I think those two are the candidates that make the most sense right now, in my opinion. Um, if I had, and you said to put a, if I wanted to step out and make a prediction to me right now, I think Jim Irsay is going to stay true to himself more than people are scared of. I think he will take the hire that Ballard suggests as long as he's on board with what he heard. And I can't imagine an individual being in a room with Raheem Morris and not being impressed. So I cannot imagine Jim Irsay listens to Raheem Morris speak about what he wants to do. And then here's Chris Ballard pitch that name and says, no. So I, I believe it's going to end up being Raheem Morris. Well, it's yeah. I, yeah. And I agree. That would be the guy that's been my favorite guy since the, the announcements to take over and, I mean, it's, I know you've touched on it too on here uh, with Shad, and it's so rare for a guy 
at that age, you know, I think he's only 46 years old to have 21 years of NFL coaching experience. I mean, like that's unheard of. Near, you know? Almost half his life has been coaching in the NFL. Yeah. And that's crazy. And uh, I, I mean, like crazy in a good way. So it, yeah, it's, it's going to be hard. You know, he he's a guy that has like, to me, he's like the anti Jeff Saturday. And, and not only that, but he has experience on both sides of the ball. So it's not even, you know, just on one side, he can say, Hey, I've worked on this side of the ball. I've worked on the defensive side of the ball. I know what to look for, for a successful team. Um, and I think building off of that as well, he's just, he's an extremely impressive guy. And the the thing that I constantly hear from players and from people that have worked with him is the term teacher. You know, there's so many people that throw that around about Raheem Morris, where he's not afraid when you're doing the drills and doing practice to, to step in and not just be that CEO that oversees things, actually step in and teach you the proper technique and teach you the proper looks and he wants to be involved in every aspect of your team and that's such an underrated thing for a coach to do um all the greats do that andy reed is big about that bill belichick is one of the greatest teachers that in any sport um and that's why they're always so successful that's why they're able to ship off guys like stefan gilmore and then come in with a you know mid-round rookie that turns into you know another pro bowl cornerback um i mean and it's because of the way that they teach the the positions and i think raheem morris is the strongest candidate in that field and if you thought we talked too much about raheem morris this next question includes raheem morris so you guys don't you guys do not worry he's coming right back up but this next one's coming from fred golden at i was getting some fred As I was getting some Fred, I W A S G E T N S U M Fred. Man, look, that's that's a fantastic username. That's hard for me not to like just go all out on. Like, I mean, I know what it's referencing. That's hilarious. Uh, I I do like the uh, the wordplay with the get in some. I, I think that's really creative as well uh that's dude that's a solid nine for me i know that's high but like that's the best username i've seen in a long time i think i think nine is the highest score that's ever been given out um by anyone so congratulations wow. to fred golden um landon oliver <laughs> giving him a solid nine that um, that's fantastic so i don't know what this is from you said you know what this is referencing oh i know what he's referencing i can't really say it on the podcast but i'll tell fair. you afterwards okay fair enough fair <laughs> enough um, I love the creativity and how he got those in there because obviously he could not have fit getting and some all the way spelled out. Um, but I 100% read it. It didn't confuse me at all. Um, I liked that aspect of it. Um, I am going to go – I mean, this is high for me still. Like, I'm going to go an eight, which is a high score for me if you listen That's to the high podcast. For you. I swear, I promise. Um, it, it may not be this nine that Landon just handed out. Oh, I, I think once we get off the podcast and I tell you about it, it'll – yeah, It'll improve? Yeah, improve, okay, it's, maybe it's, maybe I may I may have to DM Fred and say it went up to an eight and a half after I find out the story. But um, his question with the overdramatic style question format: If a gun was to your head and you had to choose between Morris or Quinn as the next coach, who would you pick in order of bringing in the best coordinators, and which would you trust more to develop a rookie quarterback? So technically, two questions: Which would you choose 
in the sense of who you think would hire the best coordinators? And number two, who do you think would be able to develop a rookie quarterback better? Oh, oh boy. Well, we just talked a lot about Raheem Morris. So I'm going to talk some more about Raheem Morris. Um, that, that would be my guy that I think that could bring in the best coordinators. And I think a lot of it has to do not that Dan Quinn doesn't have those connections as well, but I think the tree that Raheem Morris has worked with, you know, working with, you know, that Mike Shanahan tree, you know, from, from years ago in Washington. And then not only getting that, but, you know, the Sean McVay stuff and, you know, LaFleur and you know, like all these big offensive guys like he's worked with, I think he could bring somebody similar to that to come in and develop a rookie quarterback, which to me, having the experience of coaching, which I, I know he hasn't really coached quarterbacks, but um, you know, coaching on the offensive side of the ball, you're at least able to understand that. And then on top of that, the coordinators he would bring in, then obviously the defensive side of the ball, he's he's going to bring in some fantastic guys as well. Um, you know, defensive line coach over there at the Rams. I know, uh, he, he's a guy that's been mentioned on here, um, you know, for obvious reasons, uh, but he's done a fantastic job. He, you know, he's kind of waiting in the wings around the league, not even just for the Colts. I mean, I think he's in play for a coordinator position at some point, uh, in the near future. And there, there's a lot of like really strong, strong, strong connections on both sides of the ball from teams that are extremely successful and, that would be a guy that I would choose and trust not only to develop a rookie quarterback, but also to develop multiple players. Yeah. So it's going to sound like this was not a good question. It really was Fred. Like to me, actually, if I had to choose between the entire 13 candidate list that the Colts decided to go through with the first round and pick who of those, like, like if I had to pick two that would build the best staffs, I would choose Raheem Morris and Dan Quinn. Yeah. I think their experience in the league is very vast. It, 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 is incre- it is very impressive across the league. They have multiple relationships in different trees. Um, I, these are the two guys that I think would build the best staffs. I do. I know Dan Quinn doesn't sound like a sexy hire to some people on Twitter. Um, I would have no negative feelings about a Dan Quinn hire. Um, I would be interested to see what offensive coordinator he would go with. Um, I would love for him to dip into the Shanahan connection a little bit more than say his Seattle connections. Um, like like there, there's just different things there for Dan Quinn that would just come into play. Um, I also think if you have interest in Gus Bradley um, staying Raheem Morris and Dan Quinn are probably two of the top of the list that could potentially keep um, Gus Bradley. Both have past relationships in a sense with Gus I said all that just so we could talk about Dan Quinn a little bit, but I'm also going to go Raheem Morris for both of these. Um, I, I think Raheem <laughs> Morris, um, from the staff connections that I can look at, having so many different branches, I, I just think there's so many different defensive coordinators that I would love for him to go with that would add a little bit more aggression to the defensive side of the ball. I think Gus Bradley was great this past year, and if he's back in Indianapolis, that's great for Indianapolis. Don't get me wrong. But I do think Raheem Morris has guys he could bring in on the defensive side of the ball that would take what Gus has been able to do, but increase parts of it that need to be increased in 2023 NFL. One of those being pass rush. Um, I think there are guys that Raheem Morris can bring in. If if, if Henderson from the Rams could come over and be the defensive coordinator, like you just mentioned, Quiddy Pay and Dio, man, like 
buy all the stock in them as you can because and then, and then like not only that but like what he's been able to do you know obviously Aaron Donald's been a great player his entire career but the way that he would use DeForest Buckner in a similar way to the way Aaron Donald is deployed in uh in Los Angeles I think that would be a huge selling point for a guy like that um and then you know uh, there's just so many guys too that that you could work with along that defensive line and and develop and I think that's going to be crucial going forward because outside of Dio and outside of Quiddy, you know, the edge rusher pool for Indianapolis is a little thin right now. Uh, so uh, I think having somebody that can come in and command that side of the ball and especially that defensive line is, is going to be crucial. And then offensive side of the ball, I mean, Raheem Morris has probably the two biggest connections in the NFL right now that you want offensively in the fact that he has a very good relationship with Kyle Shanahan past and he currently works under Sean McVay and if you had to pull the entire league right now of what two offenses are the most quarterback friendly it's going to be Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan's offenses Um, so to have disciples from that tree um, coming in and being the offensive coordinator with this rookie coming in I, I feel like Raheem Morris gets you that and I think Raheem Morris is not the usual defensive coordinator hire to where you're restarting every time an offensive coordinator gets poached because I believe he has enough knowledge on both sides of the ball where he's going to build the foundation on both sides of the ball and then he's going to employ people to take that foundation and build it to good heights to where you Every time a new hire happens, yeah, you're going to have to change some things here and there, but you're still going to have that foundation to fall back on where I do not believe the normal defensive coordinator hire, you have that luxury. So I think that is a huge part of Raheem Morris. And I know Landon mentioned that a little bit earlier as well, and it's something you guys hear me talk about every single week because um, if you've listened to the show, I'm a big Raheem Morris guy. I've been He's been number one for me for a minute. I'm super pumped for him to be going around too, and I'm super pumped to see where he goes after that. But Last question of the day from the draft guy at NFL draft guy talk. Um, Yeah. At NFL draft guy talk. Okay. So at NFL draft guy talk, that's a little generic there. Um, You know, I I know you obviously probably could not get the draft guy. I'm, I'm sure that's long taken. But uh, NFL draft guy talk, I, I appreciate the effort put in. It's probably my lowest one on the day, um, just because I, I don't think anybody's going to be topping getting some Fred. But uh, I, I'm going to go six and a half on this one. Yeah, I I usually run with the six and a half for first name, last name. You weren't able to get the draft guy, so that's your name on Twitter. That's the account's name. Um, so NFL draft guy talk, I'm going to drop it down to a six just for the extraness. It's a lot to say. Um, I like the draft guy. And like you said, you probably can't get that right now. So I understand, but I'm going to roll with a six. Um, besides quarterback, what is the most important position the Colts need to address via draft? Then name a prospect you'd like to see Bauer draft. Thanks guys. All right. So I know we talked a little bit about edge rusher earlier, and I think this is a very deep edge rusher class, but I think right now, especially with the probability of getting a young quarterback, we can't have that young quarterback step into the situation that Matt Ryan was in last year. You just can't. Um, And that starts up front. That starts on the offensive line. We know Ballard's love of drafting in the trenches. And to me, uh, you know, I don't necessarily know if Ryan Kelly is going to be back. I'm assuming right now he will be, but Will Fries, you know, 
was very admirable in that role, but I think he's much more of a rotational guy that you could plug in for injury. I don't think he needs to be the long-term starter going forward. So I would like to see them address the guard position, uh, whether, you know, center or guard, a guy that I love in this class. And he's just brings such an intensity, such, you know, power and strength in the run game. And once he gets his hand on you, like it's very much like Quentin Nelson, whenever Quentin Nelson was drafted, I mean, he loves the finish guys and he brings so such an attitude and mentality that I think will pair well with Nelson and could, you know, add a little bit of juice into this offensive line, which needs it, uh, especially on the interior. So um, that's a guy, he, um, John Michael Schmitz. Uh, he is an interior offensive lineman. Uh, I believe right now he is projected to possibly be second, third round uh, type of guy, but I know he's a center prospect, but um he's much more to me I, like i think you could plug him in either way uh i think you could plug him in at guard he's just fantastic in the i mean like fantastic in the run game i think he's got some growing to do in pass pro but i don't really think it's that far off and um if you're looking for him uh he he plays for minnesota so if you you want to watch any tape on him go watch minnesota football watch some clips of their offensive line and that guy will flash um off the film and and he's a guy that i think i would love to see them target in that second third round range offensive line's a good one you mentioned edge um i'm gonna be biased my favorite position in football is corner so i am gonna say corner um just i think the good thing about this class that I love that can mesh into what the Colts need is there are so many guys in this corner class with size. Like there are so many six foot and up corners in this class and all of which are not just lanky corners that have a lot of work to do before they can produce. Like, I think there's a lot of big corners in this class that are going to be playmakers early on. Like this is a great corner class. Um, I mean, Obviously, I can't mention the top guys that would I would love to be in a Colts uniform because um, the Colts are taking a quarterback at four, if you guys didn't know, um, at home. <laughs> um, so they will not be in the wheelhouse for a corner there. But I do think there are some guys to watch out for in day two because and the, real, the reality of it is if four, four, four quarterbacks go day one, lots of offensive linemen in this draft could go day one. Some of these corners are going to have to slide to day two, and this top ten class is impressive. Um, I've, I've seen a few mocks already that have Keely Ringo dropping out into round two. Um, if, if, if Ringo – I'm just going to talk to the football gods for a second. Because if Ringo wanted to be there for me in the second round for the Colts at pick 36, 35, because the Dolphins lost their first, is it 35? Yeah, they yeah they did. So If Ringo wanted to be there at 35, I would cry grown man tears. <laughs> just, just on the spot, on day two, build whoever a statue. I don't care. Build a statue for someone. If you can draft your quarterback in round one and get me Keely Ringo on day two like that, I don't care what happens the rest of the draft. I, I don't. That's a uh, that's a strong start. I know. Uh, I know too. Uh, uh, Witherspoon out of Illinois has been getting a lot of hype as well, and um, that that's another guy. I think he's six foot plus, and he flashed. I mean, the guy's just a playmaker. He's he's a stud. So. Um, 
I, I would love a chance at him as well in the second round. But um, yeah, the, I think there's a lot of ways because it's such a deep class at at really strong positions that the Colts need. I think edge is extremely deep in this class. Um, as you mentioned, cornerback, this is one of the best cornerback classes, maybe not at the very top. You know, I don't think you're going to have that sauce gardener type of guy, but I think overall depth wise, it's one of the best cornerback classes that's come out in quite some time. And uh, I can see like possibly like 12, 13 guys being drafted in the middle round, like, you know, from first round all the way to like the fourth round. Um, there's going to be a lot of impact cornerbacks taken in this class and, uh, it's just, you know, inside offense, you know, this isn't a great tackle class, but I think the inside, you know, interior offensive linemen, I think there's some really good names to be had as well in the middle round. So this, this is where they're going to, you know, this is where you get paid, you know, I mean, it's easy to take a quarterback for overall, but what, you know, what you surround that guy with, um, I think it's really going to matter, especially with, the way we'll see if Chris Ballard's changed his philosophy on free agency at all. Um, because I think there's, there's possibility there that they might be a little aggressive and, in, in going out and getting some wide receiver, you know, some, some weapons and stuff to surround him with. But uh, yeah, that's, that's a very good question. And, and we won't need a corner after we hire Raheem Morris and Jalen Ramsey comes with him. Right. I, I forgot all about that. Like why, why am I even thinking about the Colts drafting a corner? Uh, but... Jalen Ramsey's only 28 years old. Too. He, like that's crazy to me. The talk of the town, he's going to get moved. And if you look up Jalen, uh, there's a presser from this past year. I want to say where Jalen Ramsey goes in on how much he respects Raheem Morris. Yeah, so, I'm, so I'm so I'm just saying. And, and you got to think too. There's get to stick it to the Jaguars twice a year too. There's some no love lost between between those two. So hey, if you want to put Stephon Gilmore and Jalen Ramsey on the same field, I'm not going to stop you. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but this has been an episode of Saddle Up with Shad and Destin. Um, Shad, get healthy. Um, can't wait to be out in Mobile this next week. Um, with Landon, multiple other people, um, out there. So make sure you guys are following me, Rashad. Make sure you're following Landon for Senior Bowl update, Senior Bowl coverage. Um, and we'll be out there. Is there anything you want to say? Anything? Any of your work that you want to tease for us? Well, I know uh, over at uh, the Blue Stable, we're going to be doing a play, a GM role where, you know, Marcus, me, now Jason Spears, if if you know him uh, from Culture Uncut, he has joined us as well. Uh, and uh, Mike, you know, we're, we're going to be putting on our GM hats here shortly after the coaching hire is announced. And we're going to be going through a full offseason breakdown where each of us play the role of GM and what how we would attack the offseason. So be on the lookout for that. It's going to be super fun. We're going to have a lot of fun with that. Obviously, the draft coverage is picking up. And um, with me over there, obviously, I'm such a lover of the NFL draft. We're doing so much coverage. So we're going to be putting out a lot of draft content, a lot of live content, uh, you know, from the combine, from the senior bowl. Um, you know, that way we can get an up close look and bring you guys up close as well to these prospects. And it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm excited to dive into this, excited to see where we go with the coaching staff here. And then uh, just appreciate you having me on. It's, it's been a blast. All right, guys, he is Landon Oliver. I am Destin Adams, and we will be back with you guys next week. And who knows, Landon will be down there with us. So maybe he'll make an appearance on this live show with me and Rashad, uh, uh, but uh. As always, go Colts, and if you haven't already, 
go check out the petition going around of why Jeff Saturday should not be the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Go Colts. Hashtag Saturday leave. <laughs>